What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. Good Friday. And welcome to another episode of Espresso with Erin and Sarit. Do you like our fancy board back here? Erin and Sarit. Today we have a very special guest, you guys. So you are in for a real treat. A very special guest. I think possibly the most powerful mentally and physically guest that we've had yet. And we're going to be talking about all things that you guys today we have with us Josh Bridges, former Navy SEAL, six times CrossFit Games athlete, a father of two wild boys. Some of you guys may know him as the poster athlete for X Endurance, literally and figuratively. And speaking of X Endurance, um, for some of you guys who take the, the creatine, the creatine JD is actually named after him. Josh is also a multi-passionate entrepreneur one of the founders of Good Dudes Coffee, who's currently working on a really cool project, training for an upcoming boxing match in Jacksonville, Florida in September 2021. And today we're going to be talking about powerful habits that drive results in the gym, in your business, and at home. Josh Bridges! Welcome. Oh, wow. You guys are too generous. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Like Great to be here. Hey, it's it, it's a pleasure to have you here. And you know what? Like the first question that we always ask everybody that we interview is, well, this show is called Espresso with Aaron and Sarit. Do you drink coffee? And I mean, <laughs> like you are an avid <laughs> coffee person. So like I'm curious because I mean, with you, our coffee conversation is going to be taken to a whole other level. but. How did your passion for coffee start? Oh, wow. What a question. Um, <clears throat> like anything I do, I, I try to go 100% and I go pro, right? That's like my my motto, right? Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to go pro at it. So uh, coffee was no different. I didn't start drinking coffee until I got into the military. And a buddy of mine was like, he drank coffee and I never drank it. I, I didn't drink anything other than water, beer, and orange juice. Those were like the three things I drank. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I didn't, I tried to drink no caffeine. And once I started to uh, deploy and I just needed, I needed to stay awake at certain times where I normally would be sleeping. And so I needed the caffeine kind of turned to coffee because of a buddy turned me on to it. And he's like, immediately he's like, Hey, you know, we drink our coffee black. I was like, fair enough. All right, cool. I'll do it. You know, like, uh, so went hardcore straight just like black coffee acquired a taste for it and then like once i started to like drink it for a little bit i was like well i'm drinking this every day maybe i should drink good stuff and so started to like dabble into like trying to find better coffee and then i was on deployment and i was in iraq and i was ordering coffee this db sent over and i was so i didn't even know what i was doing so i ordered unroasted coffee beans and i had them sent to iraq and it showed up and i'm like well, damn, I don't have, I have, don't have any coffee. Now I don't have, now I have unroasted coffee beans. I didn't even know what it said green next to the name of the beans. And I was like, I don't know what that means. 
Now I understand it, right? That means unroasted coffee. So I had to order a roaster and have it sent over and I actually learned how to roast coffee in Iraq. That was like what I did. And that, that just kind of like, it just grew from there. And then we started this brand, Good Dudes. And then it kind of just took off from there. I'm like, well, I've always wanted to do co a coffee company. And so took a shot and here we are. Besides the fact that you guys are good dudes, which may be the obvious reason it's named that, <laughs> is there another reason why it is named Dudes Coffee? No, I mean, the thing about being a good dude for me is like, it doesn't even mean you have to be, a, and this is in our most recent commercial actually, is that you don't even have to be a dude. It just means you're a good person, right? A good human being. And um, uh, good dudes is just like, is the, in the teams, in the military, that's what you strove to be. You strove to be a good dude. You didn't want to be a nice guy. A nice guy is like, yeah, he's a, he's a nice guy. Like, eh, I don't yeah. really know. You know, so like if someone says you're a nice guy, that means they probably don't like you. Um, so you strove to be a good dude. And so that's kind of where the name came from and the meaning behind it a little bit is just, you know, strive to be a good dude no matter what. No matter what, who you are, what you're doing, just do good things. I call everybody dude. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, dude doesn't mean you're a dude, like a male. It's like, you're dude. You're good, and a good dude. What I, what, what I really love about good dudes, too, is how patriotic everything is. Um, you know, just like all the names of all the roasts. It's like, it can't get more American than that. So, <laughs> I need to you for that. So as you can see, this is a live show. And for those of you guys watching, I'd love it if you can share with Josh, like where you represent. We're talking about like all things patriotic, but I bet that we have at least one Canadian person in the house today. So whether yeah. you're, you know, like in the US and Canada or maybe another country, welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Josh, are you still in San Diego? I am at least for a few more months. Um, and then I am off to Colorado. Ah. Are you moving uh, to Colorado? <clears throat> Yeah, moving to Colorado. Yeah, I bought a house and it's being built. And yeah, I moved there in hopefully October. Is there, you know, as the house is being built, there's obviously going to be some delays and things like that. So, sure. Everything you do for the first time <clears throat> take ten times longer and be. Ten times longer. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really nervous. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. This is this is gonna be a big move. So it's gonna be fun. But I, I don't want to hijack the interview. But I'm really curious to know why the move. I, f I feel yeah, like we have I mean, we have specific questions. Be authentic. Just, be authentic. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the move is just kind of like. Just ever change, you know, tax purposes, it's going to help. Um, you, know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. you know, I'm going to be real, you know, it's like tax purposes to help. It'll be help. It'll be nice to be get to get out of California. And um, I've always loved the mountains. I like the mountains more than the beach. It will be hard to leave San Diego. I do love San Diego. I love I'm going to keep I'm going to have uh, a house here still, too, as well. I'm going to keep this house and rent it out. And so um, and do short term rentals so that I can actually use it if I want to. So. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know. San Diego will be home that, you know, it's been, I've been here for 14 years now. And so um, it's been a great place and I've loved it. It's just time for change and time to move on. And, but I'll come back. I'll be here probably a couple times a year, at least, especially with the cold months. Oh yeah. So if anybody <laughs> wants to rent the one and only Josh Bridges home. That's all right. Oh. That garage gym's still going to be there too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, the garage gym can't beat yeah. it. You can't beat I it. I love it. So, you know, we're talking about moving forward and I love that, but, you know, just so that everybody can have a, a better context, let's go back for a little bit. And I mean, you know, when we started this conversation, you're like, whatever I do, I want to go pro, right? Mm -hmm. So on the topic of go pro, let's talk about competition a little bit. Like, 
were oh, you yeah. always competitive? Or like, what is the first memory that you have of you like becoming really competitive? What drove that? Gosh, I, I remember being competitive at a very, very young age. I had an, I have an older brother and he's literally just 13 months older than me. And so we were always competitive at everything. We play, all we did was play sports. That's all we did. Like it was whatever sport was in season. That's what we were playing. Whether, whether it was organized or whether it was just out in the street with a bunch of friends, you don't see that nowadays, which is, I feel like that's a little strange to me, but you just don't see kids playing out in the street. Like we played basketball in the street. We played hockey in the street. We played uh, football in the street. We played baseball in the streets and it was just like the neighborhood kids. That's what we did. And, uh, you know, it was always competitive. It was competitive from five, six years old. Uh, I started playing baseball pretty early, organized. Uh, and then I started wrestling in like eighth grade. But gosh, I remember I remember sitting at the dinner table and just wanting to be the first person done eating. You know, I remember in the classroom, always wanting to be the first person done with my test. Whether I, I didn't care what the score was, I just wanted to be done first. You know, so it was like always super competitive. I mean, entire life. And it's hard to let it go. I still, you know, I don't let my kids beat me yet. Not yet. So it sounds as if it's it's more something along the lines of like, you know, it, it's just who you are. You were born with it. It's not like a series of experiences that kind of like developed that. No, no, I, I definitely feel like this was something that was I, I was born this way, you know, like I was born and I from from the get go from from the time I can actually remember being a kid until today, like I want to win at everything that I'm doing. I never, I, you know, like hate losing. Everyone hates losing. It's such a cliche thing to say. I hate losing, but everyone hates losing, but I, I, I hate it with all my heart. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just something that's inside me and I, and I love it. I, I love competing and I, I will, I love competing. I love all sports too. And, and not even sports stuff. I love everything that you can compete at. So it's just inside. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that in relation to entrepreneurship in just a little bit, but you know, let's, let's move on to like your involvement of the military days mm -hmm. I, I, want, I have this thought in my mind okay, right yeah. now before you go to that because yeah. i'm like imagining anybody who's doing any sport like showing up in their gear like i got my shin guards on i got my feet <laughs> i got my everything i can't wait to lose like <laughs> right right ever say that yeah okay, i guess yeah. some people just don't care if they yeah. lose you know what i mean like some people are like ah, it's okay I, I, you know i like, lost it's no yeah. big deal where i'm like really you don't care like I care and I'm going to go fix this. <laughs> okay, I'm done. So, so let's talk about your Navy experience just a little bit and how did your competitive edge either helped you or um, gave you a better experience while you were in the Navy SEALs? I think that it helped definitely in the aspect of training when it came to the actual training side of being a in the military, you know, I didn't like in BUDS, which is basic underwater demolition SEAL training, which is our the very first initial six month training period uh, to become a SEAL. Um, I didn't, and there's, there, you start with this huge class. You start, we start with 320 people and we finish with like 44. And so every time someone quit, it's it's kind of terrible, but it was a driving factor, right? It was like, okay, like that guy quit and I didn't yet, you know? And so like, it was, it was a motivating thing. And I think that I'm beating these guys, right? Like I, in the sense of they're quitting, they're giving up before I am. And so um, I think that might've ha helped to have a factor, right? To not, to not want to lose and quit and give up. And even though it wasn't really against these people, because these people, 
in the long run, they're actually going to, some of them might be your teammates and, you know, that you go off to war with. And so you're not really rooting against them. Um, it was just more the fact that like, you didn't want to quit and give up if before them, I guess, is the only way to really put it. And so that, that could have definitely have been a, a driving factor for me. I always, I've always tried to go into things with no plan B. I think having a backup plan is always setting yourself up for failure. And so if I go into the military with a, if I went into buds and my seal training with a backup plan, I felt like I was already giving myself an out. Right. And so I drew, I went into that training knowing this is it. This is, this is everything. This is, this is, I'm putting everything on the line. I'm putting all my poker chips in the table and this is it. I don't have a backup plan. So if, if something goes wrong, then I'll, I'll figure it out when, it, when that happens. But it wasn't, uh, wasn't something that I wanted to have in the back of my mind. If I quit, I had something else to go to. Right. Love that. Only plan A. I love That's that. Right. No plan B's. Plan A. A is plan A. Plan B <clears throat> also plan A. <laughs> right. Exactly. So let's talk about CrossFit a little bit. And this is just an assumption, but I can only assume that you probably got introduced to CrossFit in, in your military days. It was actually before. And so, okay. yeah, it was. Uh, so the same guy, it's, it's actually kind of a funny story. I've told it. I've told it before. So some people might have heard if they've heard any of my other. I'll hear it again. And they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I was uh, I was a loan officer in 2003 or four and then up to like 2000 up, up until I left for the military with 2007. And so a guy that I ran across in one of those uh, one of the jobs I was or one of the companies I was working for, he goes, hey, man, I'm going to start doing this CrossFit stuff. And uh, and these are or no, he goes. He goes, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. I go, or I'm going to go try to be a Navy SEAL. I'm going to go, um, you know, sign up. But, and then some of these guys are doing CrossFit. That's how they're training for this stuff. So would you want to give it a shot? And I had no aspirations for the military at this time. I was just like, I was just kind of like out of shape. I, I was done with college sports. I'd kind of let myself go a little bit, get a little, you know, thick around the waist. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And so I looked it up and I was like, first day I fell in love with CrossFit. That was 2000, January, 2005. And then once I started doing the CrossFit is also when I was like, well, let me check out this Navy SEAL thing he was talking about as well. Kind of looked into that. And yeah, that's kind of how my story went. I literally like a year, I gave myself a year and a half to train to go into the military and I used CrossFit as that tool. Mm. So you said that, you know, like you have plan A and plan A only and mm -hmm. whatever it is that you try to do, you want to go pro. So when you did CrossFit for the first time, were you like, I want to compete and I want to go to the games. <laughs> so if we know our CrossFit history, CrossFit didn't start having a sport until 2007. So I started actually using CrossFit when it was just an ideology of, uh, of fitness, right? It was January, 2005. Okay. Um, and so, no, I had, I didn't, when I started to do it, I was just like, this is really awesome. And I actually, but me and my buddy who were doing it together, I was like, this is like, it was fun to compete against him. Right. Because me and him were doing the same workouts. And so we were challenging each other. There were no gyms in, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, is where I was at at the time. Oh, that's, where, that's where I'm from. And there weren't any gyms there. And so we were doing it like at whatever gym we could go to, like Gold's Gym. And we went to, a, we went to, um, Wash U, Wash U's like, um, student gym. He got us in, in there somehow. And we'd go into the Olympic weightlifting area and we'd, set set up and kind of take the whole corner over and do our crossfit over there uh but and so early on i was like man this is really cool like we could compete against each other we would do workouts or whatever and we'd see who won and then uh right before i joined the militaries when they announced that they were going to do the first crossfit games and i used to excuse me i used to do 
I used to log my workouts on the main site, CrossFit.com. And I would, and there was always certain people you would go look for. And one of them was OPT, which is James Fitzgerald, the guy who won the first CrossFit games. And so me, him and I would always like compare our scores and stuff. And we'd actually chat through email. And when that, when they announced that they were going to do that first CrossFit games in 2007, he's like, oh, you're going to be able to go. And I'm like, no, man, I'm actually joining the military. And I left in March. And I think the games were in, I don't remember like June or July that year. So I just kind of followed along throughout the years as my military training. And then I didn't get to compete until 2011 was my first year kind of lined up to where I could go and actually compete. But so it wasn't something initially I thought, but the, once they, once they announced that I was like, that's really cool. And I, I, you know, I always like kept up with the scores and I would go back and do the workouts that some of them would do. And and compare my times. And then 2011, I just had the, I had the opportunity to go and compete. So, yeah. I love it. It sounds as if whatever you did, like you always had an intention behind it. Like you were training to go to the military and then, you know, like, I mean, we're going to get to good dudes in just a little bit, but you know, before we talk more about your competitive career, let's talk about, you know, just your experience as a Navy SEAL. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've had from being a Navy SEAL? Yeah, a lot of good questions. There's so many. I don't know. Um, you know, I think just I think one of the be- biggest lessons learned, I you know, from being a Navy SEAL was adapting and overcoming. Right. And so life is going to throw things at us and things are going to change and things are not going to go as planned. You can plan your life, you can plan your missions, you can plan your day, you can plan whatever it is, and things are going to happen that are going to interrupt, uh, disrupt those plans. And right, and if you can't adapt and overcome to those situations, no matter what it is, like whether we're talking about a workout, whether we're talking about your kid getting sick or injured or or, or you're losing your job or whatever, if you can't adapt and overcome, then we're going to, you know, it's going to it's going to be a hard struggle for us, right? Because life is always changing, no matter the instance that we're talking about, and so. I think that was just something big that that I took away from my time in the SEALs was, you know, no matter that was our that was our motto, right? Like adapt and overcome whatever whatever happens, get the job done. Right. And so that was I would say that would probably be my biggest takeaway from from that. Do you feel like there is almost like two people in the world? Like person number one is the person who like is striving to adapt and overcome. And person number two is the person who gives up when shit's go shit goes out of whack and maybe that's why it's it feels as if in society right now there's this separation like the ones who are adapting and overcoming are going up and the ones who are not are just kind of like falling behind do you think that has anything to do with that you know i think that there's definitely just going to be those types of people right no matter what right we're going to have two types of people in this world we're going to have people who are going to strive and and go on and do great things no matter what and we're going to have people who want to be a victim right and have that victim mindset and they think that it's their owed things they they feel entitled and uh and they think everything should be given to them or they want or they want to work just a little bit and then they think they're owed something where like other people are just like i'm going to work as hard as i can and i'm going to and i'm going to get what i earn right and so yeah i think that there are two types of mindsets out there and you know the worst thing you can have is a sense of entitlement in this world and you know no one owes you anything not even your parents and I've something I've always said, right? And anything that you're given, you should be thankful for. And um, and you should go out and get whatever you want. Love that. Love that. So now let's fast forward a little bit from your Navy SEAL career to <laughs> your CrossFit career and talk about like, you know, adaptations. I mean, you know, once you get into competitive CrossFit and you will know better than me. And obviously you, Josh, like 
you know, you're talking about maximizing work capacity, but you know, also if we're like, if we're talking about absolute strength, like you're going into it with an adversity because there are some dudes who are just like massive, like <laughs> you're a monster, but some dudes are just like massive and they just have more absolute strength. So like, you know, there's like genetic advantage or disadvantage in certain, I mean, in CrossFit though, it ends up playing out evenly across the board. This sure. Yeah. Disadvantages for every size and all that. Yeah, but what what are some adversities that you've had to face on the competition floor just considering, you know, like your physiology? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's you're always gonna have workouts where either your height could play an advantage, your levers could play an advantage or disadvantage and your weight, right? Mass moves mass. And so um, when it comes to one rep maxes, it was something that I always knew that, hey, listen, like I had to go into it with a mindset saying, I can't worry about what everyone else is getting. I have to go out and do the best that I can and and then let the ships fall how they do. And then when I have the advantage, because it's either, you know, someone who's a little bit shorter, maybe the shorter range of motion or whatever, like I got to take advantage of those. And so CrossFit does, it does a really good job of of kind of evening the playing field out. And that's why you see some outliers like myself or even taller guys, right? Like people who are, or taller girls too, um, you know, who are upwards of six foot, five, 10, five, 11, six, one, six, two, right? Those, those, those guys, I mean, guys and gals have, have disadvantages when it comes to certain range of movements as well. So um, it all plays out and you just can't focus on those one single event. And I think that's, uh, that's the thing that sometimes gets people into trouble, right? They're, they focus on that one event, right? Oh, I just did really bad on an event. Well, you I mean, look at the guy, look at uh, Rich and, and Matt, they both had some, maybe not Matt. I can't think of a, an event where Matt really had a, like a terrible placement, but Rich won the games four times and he had like, a 30th place and 30th, like late early thirties and like late 20 places in every of almost every CrossFit games. So you can't focus on that, you know, just kind of move on and get through it, you know, try to play. Uh, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to look for right now in my head, but um, you know, try not to let, try not to do as terrible as you would think. Right. Like, um, but, and then focus on the next event. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was... yeah. No, I, know I'm, I'm going to like... try to articulate. Cause I know what you're trying to say. Whereas, yeah. You're focused on the consistency across the board, not just one singular moment or event, right? Like right. in our community, a lot of people have come here, like their goals are to lose weight, to get in better shape, to feel better about themselves, to get more confidence. And, you know, so often a lot of people will come into our community because they've tried, you know, keto, they've tried, you know, Weight Watchers, they've tried all these things that for some reason or another, it wasn't sustainable for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but what happens is like, in this cycle is we get trapped on like, I didn't do good today. So oh, it's not like, now I'm not going to try anymore. And there's different directions you can go in that. Whereas like CrossFit games, I was, I never made it to the games, but I was in the top hundred for like regionals and our team made it and blah, blah, blah. Great. So I understand like how you like the mindset and what we try to teach our people too, is like in your mind, you can decide, okay, like this didn't play out. Things are going to happen, right? You can make a plan. In my workouts, before I go in, they're like, so what's your plan? I'm like, well, I have a sort of plan. Right. Rarely does it always go the way I think it's going to go. You got to adjust. But it's, am I going to let something that happened that didn't go according to my plan take me down? Or am I going to focus on the best that I can do and see how consistent I can just be at getting progressively better over time? And 
that's like yeah exactly right you're playing damage control on certain issues and other things you're trying to like get as many points as you can and you can focus on on the highs or the lows really you can't be like oh i just won that event this is mine well yeah. you never know what's going to come up next right so it's uh you got to deal with on both sides of the spectrum not just the the bad you can't just focus on the bad or you can't just focus on the good just focus on being the best that you can be and, and adapting and overcoming when situations arise let's talk a little bit about like kind of like take the audience through the moment of like when you're in the middle of a workout, obviously things is moving, things are moving really, really fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And let's say something you know, like goes not according to plan. And I mean, you know, like every second counts, like what goes on through your head to adjust your thinking and kind of like flip the script so that you can remain focused. Can you walk us through that? Uh, I can try. <laughs> um, you know, for me, like when I'm in in the middle of a, an event, I'm always doing the best when I'm not thinking at all, or I'm thinking solely on the movement that I'm doing, just trying to be as efficient as possible. I've, I've always felt like CrossFit, you had to be the, the best athletes were the guys, the guys and girls who moved the most efficient, right? Whether it was um, in Olympic weightlifting, or it was in gymnastics or running, it was the people who were the most efficient, because those people are expending the less least amount of energy to get the job done. And uh, that means they can typically go longer and they recover faster. So yeah, I just always focused on what I was doing in the moment. And if something happened, I tripped up, I didn't let it bog me down. I was like, okay, that's not a big deal. Right. And just kind of kept moving forward and, and only thinking about not getting too caught up in like, oh, I have a hundred reps or, you know, whatever it was, whatever the workout was, I, you know, I'm only doing these, this rep right here. And then I'm gonna do the next rep and then I'm gonna do the next rep and then I'm gonna do the next rep. And I slowly just chip away at whatever it is I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, it's almost over. Like here we are. I'm not almost at the end. And so not getting caught up on what you have to do and only thinking about in being, being present and being in the moment of that workout is typically where I try to put my mind and that helps a lot and just being efficient as possible. Yeah. Was it always natural for you to control your mind or were there any certain practices that you had to put into place in order to do that? Because I mean, let's say if you're doing a workout like Karen, for example, right? Like 150 reps of the same thing, hmm. you know, and like with someone like you, like you are obviously like emptying the tank on that. But let's say when pain starts to creep in, like what? strategy do you put in place in order to keep going? Yeah. So for things like that, I had a couple of different things that I would try to get my mind to. One was like, I just kind of what I was just kind of talking about was the one more rep, right? You can always do one more rep. You can always do one more, one more, one more. And then slowly you're going to chip away at that goal. And all of a sudden, you know, if you need to take a break, you take a break. But then when you pick it back up, you're like, okay, I'm gonna do five reps. And then I'm gonna do five more. And then I'm gonna do five more. And then I'm gonna do three more. And you, you know, you you almost walk down to like, okay, just one more again, one more, one more, one more until I need to take a break. So for that, that's kind of like where I would always try to just kind of put my mind into just doing one more rep. I got one more. I got one more. I got one more until I can't get one more. And then uh another one was whatever it is that you're doing, no matter what, it's going to come to an end, right? It's going to be over. And no one can stop time and no one can make you quit. Those are two things that you time is going to end. So whether, whether the, how you finish that workout, it's going to be on you, right? It's going to come to an end though. So whatever amount of pain you're in, it's going to end. You just have to get through it and no one can make you quit except for yourself. So those were two things. That's another two things that, uh, you know, the military really helped out with a lot was that was something, uh, instructors used to tell us 
you know, to kind of help keep us motivated in, in times where it got really crappy. And I took that on into CrossFit as well. So, you know, no matter how much pain, how many, how bad a workout sucks, it's going to end and uh, no one can make you quit, but you. So you have, you're the one that's going to have to deal with it at the end. If you do decide to give up on yourself in that workout or quit, whatever it is that you're doing. I would always reset myself. And like, when I start to feel like I'm looking forward, like, oh, this is how much I have to do. I would reset myself and I'd be like, this is the beginning of the workout. Hmm. This is the beginning of the workout. Like no matter where I am in the workout, like I'm just getting started. We actually have yeah. that say just getting warmed up because it's a, just a reminder, like no matter what wins you've had ever, no matter where you're at in the workout, no matter how tired you are, if you just think in your mind, like I'm just starting from the beginning right now, I'm fresh. Is the yeah. I'm fresh. Right. Yeah. How am I tired? How am I tired? I like, I like that a lot. I think that's I good. That. I'm good. Just getting started. <laughs> I love it. I like that a lot. I, I, I love what you just shared, though. Like, you know, for those of you guys who are listening live, like, those are such powerful, not just like, the reason why fitness is great is because it's, it's nothing but a life principle. Like, if you apply everything else in your life that same way, right? Like, you know, one rep, you know, could be an analogy for like, one bad day or one day where you feel like you're pushing the bar or one extra hour that you have to spend on whatever it is that you're doing, like, you know, just doing one more and then telling yourself to do it again, to help you stay focused on something that's so small, but yet pushes you beyond your limits really like helps you grow. And, you know, the fact that, you know, like everything in life is temporary, you know, the reason why so many people get overwhelmed and end up not taking action is because they think about the entire mountain instead of just, you know, that next step. But it's like, dude, if you just focus on that next step and you ha- you put everything that you could into it, imagine how much further you're going to reach. So, man, the other the other thought that I had, too, is like what you were saying, the pain, whatever pain you're experiencing in life and a workout and whatever, it will come to an end. But you, if you quit, you have to live with that decision that you made to quit. Yeah. You know, so you have a choice. Push through it knowing like you can focus on the end or you can focus on I'm gonna quit, but then when it does end, now you have to live with that. I quit. Yep. It's not a good thing. It's not fun. It's not a fun thing to live with. So that, that was always my mind in, in the in the military and in CrossFit, right? It was like, yeah, this some of this stuff really sucks, but it's better than quitting. <laughs> it's better yeah. than going home and you know, having to deal with that for the rest of my life, being like, what what if I didn't quit? What what would have happened? You know, yeah, most people regret the things that they didn't do by the end of, of course, the day, yeah. rather than the things that they did. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for sharing that wisdom. This is like golden nuggets. You guys, I want to know from the audience if you can drop it in the chat. Like, what are some of the takeaways that are resonating with you that you're getting there that are beneficial for you that are that that are feeling like they're really helpful for your where you're at <clears> right now? Yeah, drop those in the in the comments. And then, you know, let's, let's transition to like other areas of life. Like, you know, aside from just being an athlete, obviously, you know, like you're a dad and your, your two sons are absolutely adorable. (laughs) Thank you. And, you know, like you're also running a business at the same time. And, you know, I just want to give some context to our audience because I mean, you know, like 
in our community, like some people are like way like advanced with regards to their like fitness and wellness journey. Some of them are just getting started. So we're talking about people from all walks of life with regards to their own transformation. But, you know, a very common limiting belief that, you know, is just heard way too often is that, you know, parents think that because they are a parent, like their body is limited from looking a certain way or from feeling a certain way. And I mean, you're a dad, like for one, your body is like bomb.com. But for you, <laughs> for you, it's not just about how you look. Hey, it's like, it's, it's how you perform, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Everybody's going to go on Instagram right now. What does Josh's body look like? <laughs> look, you can Poster. Hey, it looks like a superhero. No big deal. Yeah, but, you know, you, you have the body of a superhero. Like, that's just a fact. But, like, you know, so, like, I want to hear from you, like, you know, to all of the parents who are listening out there who have ever thought, oh, you know, like, yeah, it, it would be a lot simpler if I wasn't a parent. Like, I thought you were going to say they don't have time. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. Well, 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 either way, I just want to hear from you. There's always there's always excuses, right? There's always certain things, but I think you're right. I think that some people probably do think that, you know, like it's almost like a social norm, right? Like, oh, I got the dad bod or whatever, you know, like um and 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 don't don't get me wrong, like some people they don't have they don't have the time maybe. They you know, they got they 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 work really long hours and they they just can't make it their sole focus and that's fine, but at least do something, right? I mean, I've had friends that I look at that uh, once they become parents, they they let themselves go so much, and you're like, man, like I don't even care about how I look. For me, it was always the look, the aesthetics of it, the way it looked was was just the, you know, it just came with it. It came. It wasn't something that I focused on. I, I did not care how what I looked like as long as I was functional, as long as my body did what I needed it to do. The uh, the way it looked was just something that came from from the the workouts. Um, but it wasn't something I cared about. It was not a priority whatsoever. I just wanted to to be functional. And so for parents, you know, like you don't have to fit into those social norms, right? Like you can show your kids that what a what it can be like to be a parent and be healthy, right? Like my parents, my mom always worked out like uh, growing up, you know, she always went and did something for herself. Um, and, and whether it was a uh, 10 minutes or 20 minutes or, or an hour, right? Like, you know, she took time for herself so that she was healthy and so that she's still around. And that's, that's my goal now too, is I don't care what I look like. I just want to be healthy and be around for my kids so that when, when I grow, when, when I get older, right, I can still play sports with them. And then when they have kids, you know, I can still be the grandpa who's, you know, out there playing sports with the the grandkids. And so that's the goal. It's not, it's not to look a certain way. It's to, to feel good and to be able to move because I remember when I wasn't being very healthy with myself and I wasn't uh, eating right and, and taking care of myself and exercising. And um, I did, I felt awful. I felt slow and sluggish. And I was in my twenties when I did this. It's like, it's just terrible. Like now I'm in my late thirties and I feel amazing. And yeah, CrossFit's definitely beat me down a little bit, but that was a, that was the nature of the beast. And that was something I was I knew it was going to happen, right? I mean, anytime you do a professional sport, typically it's going to be, you're going to overtrain or do something right and, and uh, hurt something. But yeah, like go out there and, and show your kids what, what, what's capable. That's, that's what I try to do now, right? Lead by example and not just by telling them. Yeah. Love that. And I'd love it if we can kind of like, if we can take us through kind of like, you know, some powerful habits that you practice nowadays. I mean, of course you're not currently like competing for the games but I feel like sometimes a lot of people think that you know like for them to lose weight they need to start like 
training like a pro athlete. But what they don't realize is that the goals of a pro athlete are very like specific in a certain way. And for the person who's just trying to get in better shape or who's just trying to be honestly like fit as fuck or <laughs> lose some weight, like, no, like it's completely different from how you're living. But, you know, like, can you talk a little bit about, you know, that misconception that I feel like is not often talked about in this industry? Yeah, I agree with you completely wholeheartedly, right? Being a professional athlete in anything is there's it's, it's sport specific, right? No matter what it is. And, and our sport is fitness. And so as a, as a professional athlete, you train a certain way. Day-to-day person who just wants to be fit, you can just use CrossFit and do one, maybe two workouts a day that are that definitely fitted in with inside a, a 30 to 45 or an hour window. And that is going to help you out drastically, right? It's going to change the way you look. It's going to change the way you feel. It's going to change your energy levels. It's going to change your mood. And it doesn't have to be this perfect constructed program that people think it has to be. That That's actually some Something that I've had to deal with now is actually not being in, not not being in competition mindset. I go into the gym and I'm like, oh wait, it's not like regimen. I don't like I don't know like this is what I need to train and this is what I need to train this way. So I I kind of get almost like I don't know what to do. Where then I, I've kind of start I've switched my mindset. You know I've started to think it's like it's progress, not perfection, right? I'm not looking uh-huh. for I'm not looking for something perfect right now. I just need to I just need to progress. And so whatever that is, and right, so just go out in the gym and just do something. Right. And so, you know, I just go out and I'll, I'll bike and I, I just make up a quick workout and, and then I'll hit, you know, a couple of different muscle groups um, with strength stuff. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just changing that mindset. Not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything has to be this well thought out plan for fitness, right? CrossFit's ideology is constantly varied functional movements done at high intensity. It works. It's, I believe in it wholeheartedly. And that's what I used to train to be in the military. I wasn't doing it. When I was training to go to Buzz, I wasn't on anything specific other than, I did CrossFit and I ran and I swam because I knew that I was going to have to run and swim. Other than that, it was just functional movements, constantly varied, done at high intensities. Um, so yeah, it was, it's don't seek perfection, just seek progress. And I think that will go a long way. Amen. Love that. I love that. You're speaking our language is one of the things that we always talk about in our programs is progress, not perfection. Yeah. I'm thinking about progress and I'm like, if you push yourself, <clears throat> To a point where you're uncomfortable, right? You are progressing. Yes. In any moment where you're having to like, there's a threshold that like men and you know because it's mental. If you're pushing through some kind of threshold, you're gonna get better on the back end of that because you've pushed. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's a bike, if it's a swim, if it's a run, if it's a lift, if it's a if you're pushing yourself and you can lay your head on your pillow at night and say, I did my best today, I did everything I could, you're getting better didn't matter what kind of thing it was. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end, it's also perfection is, isn't really obtainable, right? Will you ever be perfect? <clears throat> maybe, maybe you could be, but. What is perfect though? What, yeah, what exactly. Is- and, and yeah, right. Like what's perfect. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're. And, and, and then if you're seeking that perfection, you're always going to be constantly let down by yourself, right? Because you're probably never going to get it. And where you should be proud of yourself sometimes. And that's something that I've had to change my mindset with because it's huge. It's I've always I've always been the hardest person on myself. And so if I didn't get exactly what I wanted, I sh- I didn't I didn't even like take the time to be like acknowledge like oh you should be proud of yourself. You know at least you're at least you're pushing forward. Um, and something that I've had to you know I've adjusted my mindset as well right like it doesn't have to be perfect you're progressing you're getting better and you should be proud you're working hard so that's something people can take for sure it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. 
being hard on yourself. Yeah. You can work to your advantage because that's how you push yourself. Right. But then you, but, but you have to understand it's like a light switch. Like you have to understand like, when do I need the lights on? When do I need the lights off? Right. right? You know, and, and the more familiar you are with yourself, like when do I need to be hard on myself? When is it right? When is it appropriate? Mm-hmm. That is going to help me? Is it going to serve me? And when am I being so hard that it's almost destructive? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Point of diminishing returns, right? You know. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about habits, you know, filling in the gaps between what people think that, you know, like in order for you to achieve a physique like yours versus what it actually looks like, you know, like post CrossFit career, like if you could pick like three to five, you know, what you'd call keystone habits that you're like, okay, this is what I would recommend to somebody who wants to look great, feel great, maximize their efficiency in life. What would those be? Oh man, it's tough. Um, you know, for me, it's just staying disciplined, right? Discipline's huge. Like, you know, some of the best terms I've ever heard is discipline equals freedom because, you know, being disciplined in the things that you need to do so that you can have the freedom to do the other things that you want to do, or even having the freedom, the freedom to live, right? Like if you're disciplined in your fitness and your health and your nutrition, then your health is going to be free, right? You don't have to worry about disease and you know, chronic inflammation and swelling and diabetes and all these other things, right? You can, you can actually, you know, you have the freedom because you put the work in and you say discipline in your fitness and your nutrition. So that's, you know, one thing that's huge. Um, You know, again, focusing not on being perfect and progressing, just staying, uh, just staying the course with that is huge. Also living, you know, not almost like an 80, 85, 15, 80, 20 on your nutrition, right? Don't, beat yourself up if you do have pizza or hamburger or a burrito or whatever every once in a while. Just don't make it make it 80-20, right? 80% of the time you're eating great. 20% of the time you slip up, it's okay. It's not going to cause you to fail. It's not going to cause you to like gain 100 pounds because you ate a burger one night, right? And if you're eating right the other 80% of the time. So don't get hung up on those on those little slip-ups. And if that's even what you want to call it, you don't have to call a slip up. You deserve it. Every once in a while, you deserve a hamburger. I, I love them. I love hamburgers. I love burritos. I love pizza. <laughs> you know, like I love milkshakes. You just can't let it get out of control. And so, again, it all goes back to discipline and, and holding yourself accountable. The danger yeah. is in the, in the perspective, because yeah. if you're expecting perfection, then that 20% you're talking about, we expect it to be like five or zero. So then if something slips in there, it is a slip up. And then it's like, oh, I suck. And yeah, yeah. And you know, exactly. You don't don't get caught up on that. Don't don't beat yourself up because you had a you had because you allowed yourself one little thing. Hey, this is your reward. That's your, you know, I, I've worked hard this week. I'm gonna have this hamburger today. I'm gonna have this milkshake. I'm gonna have this pizza and be okay with it. And don't think that is ruining everything that you've you've strived to get to. So um I think those yeah. are some of the, you know. I have a question in regards to that though. Mm-hmm. At what point does that mindset become a justification for just eating shit when you know you shouldn't be eating shit? Mm. I deserve it. I earned it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, uh, I think when it becomes more 25%, 30%, 45%, 50%, you know, I think that's when, that's when that, you know, starts to go right. If it's, if it is most of the time you're eating really great and you have, you know, a day where you give yourself, you know, to eat whatever you want to eat, then, then you're fine. But it, it can't, become 25 30 45 50 percent you know just it has to stay at that 80 20 it has to you know you have to keep yourself you have to hold yourself accountable you have to you can't allow it 
to be like, oh, no, no, I'm good now. I, you know, I, I worked out once this week. So it's, it, it becomes the 80, 20, the opposite way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's discipline though. Like it requires anything good that you want requires discipline. And the yeah. more, the more you want something, the more discipline it requires. Exactly. Discipline and accountability. It's the two things that people need more of. Everyone needs more of. Yes. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> let's, let's transition a little bit into entrepreneurship. So, I mean, you're an ex endurance athlete. We're affiliated with ex endurance, a bunch of, um, you know, the audience are, you know, our business builders with ex endurance. So, you know, like they can relate to the entrepreneurship part. Um, before we dive deeper into entrepreneurship, I'm curious why, I mean, you know, I can only imagine that when you're like an athlete at your caliber, like companies are probably approaching you, like wanting to sponsor you, like why X Endurance? Yeah. So X Endurance was one of my first sponsors. Um, I met Jason years ago. Uh, I think it was 2012, 2012 or 2013. And, um, I actually was, uh, I was skeptical at first, right? It was the extreme endurance product, the, uh, the lactic acid buffer and they're like this stuff works i'm like oh yeah i'm sure it does this along with everything else that out is out there works <laughs> and so i didn't sign with them right away i go give me the pills let me try them and i'll and i'll i'll be the judge of this you know kind of thing let me see if it actually works and so i didn't sign with them for four months i took the pills for a month or a month and a half and then i stopped taking them for a month and a half and then i started taking them again i was like let me see this if it's you know if it's just in my head or if it's if it's real. And so, yeah, I noticed the difference, a pretty big difference when I stopped taking them after I stopped taking them. So that, that was, that was for me, that was like, okay, this company's like, they're, they're doing good things. They're not just out there trying to make a buck. And so, yeah, extreme what endurance. Did you notice, though? What did you notice when you stopped taking I just, them? yeah, I noticed that like my muscles weren't recovering as fast. I noticed that I, uh, I would get tired. My muscles would kind of get burned out a little bit quicker while I was in workouts just little things, right? Little subtle things. And so it was interesting. It was really, it was, uh, it was really cool to see and to actually see the, uh, and feel that something was working and not just, you're not just being told it's going to work and you, you take it and you don't really know. Yeah. How did the creatine get, get named after you? I'm curious. Well, that was, yeah, that was just a product. They were like, Hey, we want to, we want to make a creatine product and we want to, uh, you know, have it be, uh, like a Josh Bridges line. And so that was, uh, I, I don't, I've been taking creatine and they were, they wanted to make the product. And so they made it and they, you know, made sure that it was the best ingredients, uh, the hundred percent Korea pure they, we tested flavors and, um, yeah, like <laughs> it, I just, you know, I think they appreciated me as an athlete and I, and it was something that I wanted on, on their, uh, on their line of products. And so, um, yeah, we came together and we made the product and it was awesome. I, I love it. I, you know, take it every day. So do Thanks. we. Who else thinks the creatine? Hey, JB. That's right. I know there's some of you in here. I love it. You know, um, so let's talk a little bit about your competitive edge giving you like an advantage in business. I mean, for one, do you feel like it does? And if so, what is the advantage that you get with having a competitive edge going into business? Yeah, I think having uh, wanting to be a competitor in, in business and as in um, anything is going to help, right? Because if you're not competitive, then you might just be like, okay with, oh, we're, we're, we're selling stuff. It's okay. Where I want to be the best coffee company in the world and, you know, and I want to help other people, you know, like, and take what I get from that and like help other things, right? I don't want to just 
it's not just about making money. It's about growing a great business and a great brand and, and building relationships and build and helping build up uh, communities and things like that. So it's, um, it's really cool. It's, it's being an entrepreneur is not something I ever really thought I'd want to do. The coffee company just kind of came and it's, I feel like that's how my whole life has been though. It's not like anything I've ever been like, I want to go be a Navy SEAL. Like, like a lot of guys that I met, I, they wanted to be Navy SEAL since they were little kids. You know, I, I thought my athletic days were, were behind me and then CrossFit kind of came out of nowhere and became a sport. And it was like, oh, but being a professional athlete was something that I did actually always want to be, but I just thought my career was like in sports was over. And then it was like, boom, nope, it's, uh, it, you know, here it is. And so it was, again, it came out of nowhere. And then the business world, the coffee was kind of the same way. And so just taking that same mindset though, of like, I want to be the best at it. I want to be, you know, the best coffee company in the world. And and other stuff too. So I think it's going to help. I think it's going to help just motivate you. And every day you're going to get up and try to figure out how to be better and how to make your company better. Mm, love that. Love that so, so much. And, you know, for those of, look, Good Dudes Coffee is an exceptional coffee. <laughs> it really Thank is. You. And I can attest to it. And you guys should definitely check it out um, to try some Good Dudes Coffee. Just go out, go to Good Good. Why you're <laughs> Hey, it's early. It's early. <laughs> This so, is how we're going to so spell it. G-O-O-O-O-O. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's really simple. Yeah. What's your favorite one? What's the one with the blue in the back? Oh, that's Reagan. The Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. What's really. your favorite? I like the Patton. Um, we're actually sold out of it right now. That's how good it is. Uh, but, it, but it'll be back next week. And then uh, the Patton, the Reagan's my number two. Okay. And then the Roosevelt is my number three, but they're all good. And they, and you know what, every one, right? What's that? Roosevelt is the yellow one. Green. It's like green. a green. And, but they're all good. And they all have like, you know, everyone has different tastes for coffee. We have light to dark roast. And so, yeah, like whatever kind of coffee you like to drink, uh, we have something for you for sure. Yeah. They're all single, they're all single origin coffees, no blends. I, I just find single origin coffees to be, um, the taste a little bit better. You're going to get some better notes out of them get a more even cup of coffee. So yeah. Yeah. Highly agree. You guys like for all of you coffee drinkers, definitely go ahead and check out good dudes coffee. Josh. I mean, it's been such an honor and pleasure. We know that you're up to like so many great things. I mean, you have a boxing match <laughs> next month. September. And, yeah. September. Yep. Yeah. And, and how, how is that going? It's coming along. It's getting, you know, it's not, again, <laughs> it's like, they're, like I said, the rest of my life, it's, it's come out of nowhere. I literally, again, something that I, I wanted to start, I wanted to, I've always thought I wanted to, to box or go eat, learn how to box, not really actually get into boxing matches or compete in it. But, um, I started going into the gym and then Cooper was like, Hey, we're gonna get you on a card. And I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> and, uh, and so and then we are, and here we are. And now I'm training for it professionally, right? Everything, everything you do, you go and you're going to go pro at it. So I'm not going pro. I'm going to fight in an exhibition fight, but it's, I'm training, I'm training hard and it's, it's, it's fun. I'm learning something every, new every day. And it's, it's just different. It's not lifting weights. It's uh, learning body awareness, movement, ah, reacting. It's really cool. It's really fun. It's a, uh, it's a really fun sport. And I, I have so much more appreciation for the, uh, the guys that are doing this professionally and at the top of the game, because it is a, it is a skill for sure. Is it fun still when you get punched in the face? 
Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, if you like that kind of fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's still fun. I just keep falling. I'm like, wow, it's so fun. This is so much fun. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, it's like because you're learning, and uh, there's no better teacher than pain. So yeah, it's it helps learn when you get punched in the face. Hey, move, move your face, and it yeah. won't get punched or it's block hard. it. <laughs> yeah, it's like life. What did we yeah. learn from this? What did we learn? We got punched in the face. Now we need to we need to move quicker, be faster. I love it. Josh Bridges, thank you so much for your time today. We know no, thank- a strange <laughs> session to to go attend. Thank you guys for joining us. Definitely go <clears throat> and uh, check out Josh's coffee. And Josh, we'll stay in touch. Really appreciate you. Always thank a pleasure. You. Always a pleasure. My my pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being such a good dude. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) There it is. All right, you guys. Have yourselves a beautiful Friday. We'll catch you next week. Josh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Aaron and Sarit. <laughs>